Welcome to Working Matters. Before we start today's podcast, Claudia and I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for participating in the Working Matters community. Many of you are listening via iTunes subscription or on your feed reader, and we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. This week, we're making a special request that you stop by the website and leave a comment on the blog. We'd love to know who you are and where you're from and have the opportunity to greet you in person. As always, you can find us at boldenterprises.com. With that, Let's jump right into this week's podcast. Welcome to Working Matters. Visit us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Hi, I'm Carl Edwards, and we are concluding what has been a fabulous series on performance management, creating your own high-performing organization with Jeff Hunt. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you, Carl? I'm doing great, too, especially just enjoying the privilege of having you here. Jeff is the president and CEO of Goalspan and coaches and consults with leaders and organizations on how to turn their objectives into you know, common values and performance evaluations and relationships that just as you go, create a corporate culture that performs well. We've got this great series go. We've covered planning, where we are looking ahead and turning objectives into job descriptions and into development plans for professional uh, learning. We've looked at managing. We've looked at the ongoing process of staying in conversation and providing the coaching and resources and learning and taking the initiative to address issues right away. Then we've looked at assessment, and we have Successfully, I think I really enjoyed turning the dreaded performance review into um, a very constructive, you know, regular, ongoing conversation that looks at both what my employer is reading my performance with my own read. And I think that's really going to help people build trust and um, enhance communication on how it's actually going. So let's turn our attention to this extremely exciting word, Jeff, rewarding. You've, you don't want to just drop it at assessment, huh, and let, let it be. Give us a chance to continue beating our employees, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, rewarding gets people's attention because they think of uh, compensation oftentimes, which is one, yeah. one aspect, but there's a lot more to it, actually, Carl, that I'm looking forward to unpacking with you today. Well, let's just dig right in because I think people have a lot of misconceptions about rewarding and are afraid of creating entitlement mentalities and um, unrealistic expectations, and that's not how you're viewing it at all. No, not at all. If you reflect back on what you just said about the, the old dreaded performance evaluation, well, one of the reasons why it has become dreaded over the years is that Oftentimes, it's it's coupled up with the compensation change, which is the focal point for the employee. So they mm. they love to jump right to the back page and see, am I going to get a raise or am I not? When, in fact, if we effectively implement these other three strategies that we've discussed, planning, managing, and assessing properly, then this converts that event into much more of a process, and it takes more of the focus off of that back page compensation change. Yeah, that's powerful because you got the supervisor sitting there wanting to mute his praise because he wants to keep their wage down or their expectations down. And you got the employee there trying to beef everything up. 
in order to get the raise, and nobody's really talking about what actually happened that year. <laughs> That's so true. It can be a very frustrating exercise in futility for many managers and organizations in general. But I'd like to back up for a second and talk about rewarding because um, oftentimes we think of rewarding as compensation when it's so much more. There's really there's four types of, of rewarding that should occur within an organization. The first is recognition and praise. Okay. The, the last three are about compensation. So those are pay for performance, pay for contribution, and pay for potential. And we'll talk about those in a minute. If you think about recognition and praise, there's some interesting studies that have been done back in 1946. So this is a long time ago. The Labor Relations Institute yeah. of New York initiated a study and this same study has been repeated a half a dozen times okay. all the way up to present. And they have determined that what managers think employees want is very different than what employees actually say they want. Uh -huh. So managers, the number one thing that managers were surveyed that they said they employees wanted was good wages. That actually was number five on the employee list. The number one thing that employees said they wanted was full appreciation for work done, whereas managers rated that number eight. Wow. So that's very Talk telling. Talk about gaps. Yes, those are big gaps, and it's very telling uh, that in many cases, organizations have missed the mark on trying to provide the needs, meet the needs of employees, which is providing full appreciation for work done. So what does that look like? Recognition and mm. praise should occur uh, both publicly and privately uh, where appropriate, and it also should occur early and often. So criticism or constructive feedback is much better done in a private setting, but praise should be done publicly when, when it's appropriate. And we forget about that. All too often, Carl... Organizations are and managers are so focused, hyper-focused on just getting the job done. And they have so much to do. They have declining resources and they're struggling every day to get their jobs done and achieve their objectives that they lose sight of the importance of going to their people and just giving them a pat on the back or a verbal recognition for a job well done. It's almost tragic. It almost makes me want to weep when someone, you see a supervisor so busy or so distracted or just unaware of something wonderful that's just happened right in front of them and be able to walk right past it. Yeah, and the sad thing is is that it's actually so simple. If we make it part of our, our daily routine and we think very strategically and introspectively about who is worthy of praise and, and uh, recognition... And then we go ahead and we're proactive about doing something about it. Once again, we're talking about cultural transformation, which you're so good at, Carl, and helping people transform their cultures. Mm -hmm. um, so, so recognition and praise is, is oftentimes overlooked, but it's a vital component of the rewarding best practice of employee performance management. So let's talk about the others. We have pay for performance. So pay for performance is a look back. This is where we have predefined compensatory increases 
based upon summary performance evaluation scores. So it's important to come up with a quantitative assessment of an employee's performance and then define clearly which score is actually going to receive a a raise and, and which score isn't. Okay, so this is almost something that I'm you're putting into the system as something you can kind of count on and if quantitatively you are performing at level Y, then you can associate that with a certain pay? That's correct. And and uh, technology solutions are near and dear to my heart and that those solutions help make that process of quantitative assessment very easy. It's a matter of defining in advance the difference between a, a score of a 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5. Yeah. And then also determining where the breakpoints are for people to actually receive compensation increases. Is it a 3.2 or a 3.5? Uh, so and those aren't arbitrary numbers. You're saying that that actually relates to something in the job description that you can talk about. That's right. That's right. This is a look okay. back on performance. So at the end of the year, we're looking back very specifically on performance categories yeah. and statements and We've conducted an assessment and had the discussion, and we've agreed upon uh, where the performance level actually is, and and the the reward or the raise is uh, offered accordingly. Good. So the next segment of rewarding is pay for contribution. Contribution would be achieving uh, objectives that are beyond what was expected. So that might be going beyond quota or closing out a very important project uh, way before the deadline or capturing a client that's going to have a dramatic effect on the bottom line of the organization. So this would be perhaps a, yeah. a bonus that would be provided which would reward that employee for that hard work for coming in at such a, at such a high-performing level. Then lastly, we have pay for potential. So this is when we reward employees for a clearly demonstrated path of succession or potential within the organization. So if you have somebody who is a high potential individual who has scored very well historically and is moving up rapidly in the organization, has high, high levels of uh, competency in key areas, uh, it's wise to actually compensate them at a level slightly above their peers within their group because they are they are more valuable to the organization based upon where they're going. And that's pay for potential. Okay, and the reason it's potential is because in one sense they are not ready for the promotion itself. They could not perform at that level. But you want to keep them because you know they're headed that direction. So it's worth paying them more than their peers. That's correct. Because Am I that, understanding that? Yes, you're understanding that perfectly. That employee, if the pay for potential is not provided, becomes a higher risk for leaving the organization as they fast track to a higher career level. Um, so if and ultimately... But you're not ready to pre-promote them. You're not ready to promote them. You're not ready to promote them because they, that's correct. They have not yet developed the skills and competencies required for a specific position. But if we look back on that employee's history, they may have been promoted multiple times already and they are a, a high achiever 
And yeah. there's somebody that if you identify, if you look at every individual in your organization, it's very, very clear that they offer the greatest potential, yeah. uh, more so than anyone else in the organization. And that's how you define who we reward uh, in that area. And we're not talking about big differences in compensation, but we're wanting to pay them above the standard for their department or their peers. No, I hear you, because what you're doing is you're being very intentional about these different scenarios that a team might face. And one of those scenarios is, is you've got this person that you want to keep. They're going to, they fit in, they're making a difference, but they are not um, performing at a level that you can pay them for the additional responsibility. So to be intentional about having a vehicle for your managers and they pay for potential, it sounds quite wise. Yeah, it's it's um, and it's once again, it's very simple to do this. We just have to be intentional about putting it into play within our organizations. Sure, sure. And then it's you've got the criteria that is necessary. So my risk of abuse. Well, that's excellent. I love this because it turns rewarding into something that is objective. So we are doing recognition and praise, we're paying for performance, we're paying for the extra contribution, we're paying for potential, and we've got it worked in. People are know when they show up here, both in recognition and in pay, it's going to be recognized. Yeah, and that leads to very healthy morale within an organization. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. I'd like to give you an opportunity now to kind of wrap up this series. I mean, we've spent over several weeks. We've got planning, managing, assessing, and rewarding. What note? How would you, how would you like to sum this up for us? I think that what we're looking at here by implementing these four best practices is a very significant return on investment for an organization. So and sometimes oh, yeah. we, we forget about that. So what's the what's the byproduct or the benefit ultimately going to be if we do a good job planning, managing, assessing, and rewarding? Um, the benefits are, are multiple. They come from improved productivity. We talked in the beginning, Carl, about employees being more engaged. Um, that they are more engaged when we're doing these four things effectively. They are connected to their jobs. Yeah. Expectations are more clearly defined. They're being held accountable. Um, they understand how they fit into achieving the overall organizational objective, which is very important. So improvements in productivity mm -hmm. are key. And the, the benefit of that is actually increased employee retention because when employees are more engaged... They feel more connected to the organization, which, which leads to better morale and higher retention rates. Um, we all know what turnover costs. Very, oh, yeah. Very expensive within an organization. And so the, the third benefit or impact point is about optimizing compensation. So this is clearly defining performance criteria for rewards, and we talked about rewarding and uh -huh. make, making sure that they are aligned to achievement. And the beauty of that is we're not making ad hoc decisions about compensation and rewards, uh, nor about promotion or termination. We've clearly defined and have assessed employees properly so that they we have defensible decisions in these areas. And then yep. lastly, all of these things help to mitigate risk because if we are 
we're doing these things mm. properly, we're a lot less likely to have a lawsuit, a wrongful termination. Um, our decisions are defensible. We have proper documentation with our, uh, per- our performance evaluations and the quantitative and qualitative aspects of them. So, so it's about improving productivity, increasing retention, optimizing compensation, and mitigating risk. So those are the, the principal benefits that come from all this good work that we're doing here. And those all have enormously large dollar figures associated with them. You know, one of my assertions has always been that people are not the soft side of business, they're the hard side of business. There's hard dollar implications to our people decisions, and um, somehow, this, as you call, our most important asset kind of gets shunted to the side to this, you know, dreaded annual event that nobody, you know, actually sets aside time to prepare for. And not only for ourselves, but for the future of our organization, all four of these areas, it is essential that we get into and focus on performance management. Exactly. And I, um, lastly, Carl, the we didn't talk very much about it, but leveraging technology is very important. It used to be a, a nice-to-have. It's really a must-have today yeah. to deploy these best practices. So I would just... Uh, leave you with that. It's been a pleasure working with you uh, on these sessions. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Oh, you bet. Thank you for joining us. And for those who are going to want to be in conversation with you, tell us where they can contact you, maybe where you are on the web and um, a phone number. Yep. They can find us at www.goalspan.com. We're also at one 800 Excellent. Thank you so much. Hey, come by boldenterprises.com and join the conversation. Maybe you want to take issue with some of these things. Maybe you've tried them and they haven't worked out well for you. Doesn't mean they're not right. Doesn't mean what you did isn't right. It means it takes some conversation and we would love to facilitate that for you. So, boldenterprises.com. Until next week, goodbye. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.